0: Connected, Jess.
1: I, I don't think we're connected yet. yet. Just a second.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Wait. What year is it? What's happening?
0: Well, I think it's 1992. Is that right or is that wrong?
1: Is this dial-up? Is it 1992?
0: Just wait. I don't. We're not connected yet.
1: Okay. We're all, Oh, here we go. It's, well, no. We're almost there. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and I, okay. I, I want to make sure. We're I can't. I can't do it. I can't go back to 1992. and You are with listening to the show Report with Jess Thorne. And
0: Jay Posner. And Jay Posner. Yeah.
1: So today we're going to talk about the internet in 2017. Not 1992, and we're not going to talk about dial-up. But before we get to business, Jay, what is your earliest internet memory?
0: Well, I think it, I think it's just that, that, that scratching sound. And I was 1992, I guess I was 13, 12, 13, and we were... Uh, uh, dialing into a BBS system so we could download a game or something silly like that. But I, I just and and sometimes th- it didn't even work.
1: And didn't you hate when yeah. your mom picked up the phone? Oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Put the phone down! Don't touch your phone! Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the I internet. <laughs> there's,
0: there's some moments like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, do you remember ICQ? I never,
0: I never got into Was that, that. No, IC, no. But I, I think maybe that's your generation. You're yeah. a little bit younger. So. ICQ
1: and then yeah. at, like the emails, you know the emails to your to your friends, and you're refreshing, and you're refreshing, mm-hmm. and then your mom picks up the phone, and it's just, it's that crazy nightmare of dial-up.
0: Yeah, even when I went to Waterloo, it, it wasn't much better. I had my own phone, so I could control that, but it was still, you know, dial-up system when I was logging in, so. Yeah. Okay,
1: enough about dial-up. Yeah. We are joined today with a special guest. We have Ashley Leedon here, and Ashley, I'm going to leave it to you to introduce your title and uh, tell us about yourself, but please include in the introduction your Internet memory.
2: All right. So I'm uh, Ashley Wheaton, and thanks so much for having me today. I'm the communications manager for uh, Southwestern Integrated Fiber Technology uh, Initiative, which is SWIFT. Uh, And we're basically working to build broadband for everyone in Southwestern Ontario, Caledon, and Niagara region, uh, covering about three and a half million people or in over 350 communities to uh, modern broadband. So definitely the total opposite end of the spectrum from dial up. And I think my earliest. my earliest internet memory would be having you know a really embarrassing uh, email address at like thirteen. I think it was like lavender <laughs> at execulink.ca or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, <laughs> and definitely you know the whole ICQ. I can even hear the the oh noise <laughs> of the messages. And you know, uh, aim like AOL Instant Messenger was a big thing, and like all the chat rooms. You guys remember yep, the chat rooms? I remember chat rooms. And yeah. learning very, very early HTML coding to make your MySpace page look like as cool as possible. Oh, so these man. were fun memories. Like- yeah. <laughs>
0: Swift is bringing those back to. The I think so. so.
2: Well, Swift is a little bit um, uh, definitely beyond the old angel fire uh, and uh, HTML coded <laughs> sites, and really about making sure that not only do our uh, our citizens and our residents have the services they need in order to participate socially and culturally in the world around them, but that our businesses and uh, farms and main economic drivers have access to the t- infrastructure that they need in order to succeed in the modern business environment. Because fiber really is. Um, as essential to economic development now as good roads and electricity and clean Absolutely. water. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, Jay and I recently had a conversation with some public works staff here in-house, and, and we talked about infrastructure readiness. And it was our director of public works, and, and she used the word and and fiber and broadband. And, and she used that in the context of discussion around infrastructure. And I almost hugged her, because you're right, that is what we need to do. We need to think about broadband and ha- as the infrastructure that needs to be in place for
2: economic growth. Yeah. And I think this is really in the last um, year, year and a half or so, is the first time that you're really starting to see um, all levels of government refer to fiber uh, fiber optic connectivity as infrastructure rather than just sort of an add-on or a luxury good. Um, so you see things with the recent CRTC decision that broadband is a basic telecommunications service awesome. and upping our national uh, speed targets from Uh, What were once, I think, five megabits down and one up, which is about a fifth of the U.S. standard and definitely maybe even a smaller fraction than the global standard for high speed. And now the CRTC is saying that our standard should be at least 50 megabits down and 10 up. So 10 times that. um, And we're working towards at Swift uh, services that could range from gigabit to 100 gigabit. So orders of magnitude faster than that because um if we're going to compete yeah. um, we have to have the infrastructure in place and it really is essential as roads bridges and water
0: and it, i mean it, bringing it right to soggy shores it, it's it, to me it's obvious just our communication with our our constituents and the residents here they're not always in sogging shores so it's not as easy as just walking into the office they want to be able to get information high-quality information and that part like this podcast and they want to be able to do it from wherever they are uh, so if they if they don't want to leave their living room then they should be able to have all that information video uh, audio uh, reports like some of the reporting and mapping that we use that we talked about the defib uh, information you couldn't get unless you had That's some high-speed yeah. access and I'm 100 gigabyte mm. or whatever. It wouldn't need that, but who knows what the future holds.
1: Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than trying to watch a video mm-hmm. and it's buffering.
2: <laughs> Can we just talk about that yeah, for yeah, a second? Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now imagine buffering if you're Bruce Power and oh. you need oh to be communicating with the, a smart power grid or imagine buffering... And uh, you're trying to communicate with clients in Germany. I know I had someone locally contact me saying, you know, I'm working with an international tech conference. I need to send, um, you know, almost 100 gigs worth of data. I had, there's nowhere, where do I go to even have access to the kind of I connection? Mean, let mean, me I do I, that. I've <laughs> even heard of like surgeries where the yeah. surgeon
0: is in Toronto and uh, but the procedures in, in Owen Sound are in our region, and they can, it, but they wouldn't be able to do that unless there was a, a high-speed uh, responsive system to those actual procedures. It's quite amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited yeah. that SWIFT is here. Uh,
1: Yeah, so, and really, you know, when we, when Jay and I were talking about, you know, special guests and who we want on the show, well, obviously I thought of Ashley for a few reasons. (laughs) She's a, she's a real inspirational um, woman and and Ashley and I actually connected on Twitter, believe it or not, Jay. That was our original, our original, our original (laughs) connection was through the internet. And then, uh, you know, I had the opportunity, the pleasure to get to know Ashley and I'm really inspired by her. Um, SWIFT is very vocal. Um, I know that you guys are all around, all over social media, um, great website, lots of information available um, and I think and I appreciate you breaking down that SWIFT, uh, Southwestern Integrated uh, Fiber Technology, but I'm, a, you know I want to hear from you to, to break down what are some of these funding announcements that you guys are talking about. What does this stuff actually mean? Where are you right now and and what's what's really happening behind the scenes of SWIFT.
2: Right, so we've been um, been working at this for a long time now. So the SWIFT idea came from uh, watching what was happening in Eastern Ontario. Uh, The Eastern Ontario region had gotten together for a regional network there, looking at what was happening in Australia and in Alberta. Um, And the Western Ontario Wardens Caucus, which represents the 15 counties across Western Ontario, really started getting together around this principle around investing in broadband on a regional basis um, in 2011. And then over five years, um, senior staff and political leaders from across southwestern Ontario, um, particularly Gray County, Dufferin County, um, and all of the Western Wardens, um, really started advocating both internally, uh, amongst themselves and to the province and to the federal government um, for five years. I think we looked at it and our our executive director, Jeff Hogan, um, I think he made something like 300 presentations over the course of five years to different um, different funding bodies, different Mm -hmm. partners about why this matters. and then in July 2016, so last year, um, we and we're, it was announced that we were successful and we received 180 million in combined funding from the federal and provincial governments through the New Building Canada Small Communities Fund, which covers um, funding for infrastructure investments. Um, for communities under 100,000, and so that's a really big deal in that uh, broadband is being considered infrastructure, mm-hmm. and it's a significant amount of money. It's it's a I think it's the largest amount of investment through the Small Communities Fund um, in Ontario, and certainly one of the largest projects of its kind. Um, on top of that, um, the project's worth about 300 million in total for the first phase. Now. The infrastructure deficit in in just in our region, not nationally, not provincially, is somewhere between four and seven billion dollars. Wow. So the first phase of this project is going to cover <laughs> um, getting some key main trunk infrastructure, but it's just the start. Yeah. And we anticipate that the project will be self-funding and self-sustaining over the next uh, long-term horizon to get the last mile. So building out connections to every uh, citizen, every farm, every business in Southwestern Ontario. Um, so now are
0: we like, are we, but we're planning for every citizen, every farm. So we're we're not talking just Port Elgin and Southampton. We're looking at the farm community around if we're able to get that you know to those areas as well.
2: Absolutely I, I think that there's a big misunderstanding out there in terms of the tech requirements of agriculture. Um, uh, agriculture and food is increasingly reliant and and actually has always been but is more so now in terms of precision agriculture, in terms of robotics, in terms of um, big data requirements and field sensors to tractor sensors to everything and uh, that includes GIS and all the services that Ag needs. So it's really important that we connect rural areas. And for exactly the reasons you mentioned earlier, um, we talk about two cycles. So the way things are have previously been going and the way things might go if we don't invest in this infrastructure is a vicious cycle where mm-hmm. we see... Um, no investment in modern infrastructure in small and rural communities. So then people, youth leave because they don't see opportunities for themselves or they don't have access to education or healthcare services or whatever. So they leave to urban areas, um, putting more and more strain on those urban centers because there's more people and they weren't designed to handle that demand. And that creates this kind of draining effect of more investment directed there, less investment directed rurally. Now, what's possible when we look at creating the infrastructure that's needed to connect people to um, health care services while living in place. Well, as, as you mentioned, in terms of having advanced specialist care from your own hospital connected to anywhere in the world through to being able to access education opportunities, business opportunities means that people can choose to stay where they want to stay. So mm-hmm. people, um, young people may go away for their education. I think that's a good idea. You should kind of always go see what's out there, mm-hmm. but they'll maybe they want to come back and they see a possibility Mm -hmm. to create a business or people to access the services they need. Um, And so you see a more balanced picture where small and rural communities end up um, being buffered and buoyed up by that kind of investment. And it benefits everybody. Rising tide floats all boats, so you see um, more sustainable urban centers and you see more prosperous and vibrant rural mm-hmm. centers as a result of the infrastructure. And this
1: And this is why I love talking to <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're
1: talking about supporting economic growth. You're talking about youth retention. You're talking about all of these things that I'm passionate about and that, and that's where the magic happens. So this is really, really interesting times. So before we came into the podcast, you were talking about the, the request for proposal, kind of where you are now. Do you, what does that look like?
2: So we're, um, all kind of nose to the grindstone trying to get, uh, to meet our goal of getting the first stage in an RFPQ out, um, early this spring. So early May, um, and we're doing a multi-stage process. So One of the really interesting parts about fiber optic infrastructure is because we've had, um, due to the deregulation of the telecommunications industry in the 90s, um, nobody really knows exactly where existing fiber optic infrastructure exists, and so... um, Part of this process is trying to find out where service providers have built infrastructure so that we, as much as possible, don't overbuild existing fiber. Our plan is to create a holistic network that fills the gaps and reduces sort of that um, overbuilding and that uh, inefficiencies and creates a network that connects everybody back through a really holistically planned network. So the first stage of the RFPQ is really to... um, Pre-qualify vendors to say, you know, if you want to if you want a piece of the funding in order mm-hmm. to build the network uh, Because it will be built owned and maintained by service providers with government oversight through our board of directors um, then you have to participate in the RFPQ. You have to tell us where your infrastructure is um, and commit to our standards So we have seven key guiding um, principles, which you can find on our website, but they're really around transparency mm-hmm. um, sustainability open access, which means that um we will build the infrastructure but any service provider can compete across that piece of infrastructure which means more competition, more choice, better prices, better services. So um, the first stage of the RFPQ in May um, is really to start that process of, of getting um, service providers pre-qualified, involved in meeting our standards, figuring out where people fit in the system. Mm-hmm. The second stage will be um, more detailed in terms of trying to figure out network design, understanding where the service gaps are. And then the final RFP, which will follow later in the year, will really be about um, determining the eligible areas for the first stage of the building and awarding the tender to the to the service providers that will be doing wow. the build. That's
1: yeah. Really cool. yeah, that's really cool. That's really exciting. A lot of moving parts. Wow, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> So you did make mention of the website, and I have this this um, two-pager document here that, that has a lot of really good information in it. Um, is this on the website as well? Is yeah, this you that can the best find, place for people to go?
2: Yeah, www.swiftnetwork.ca um, is really kind of our virtual clearinghouse for all of our information. And over the coming weeks, there'll be more and more information about... The technical requirements of that RFPQ process, and, and as those details become finalized and released, um, the really interesting thing about the website, the really important thing about the website, is not only can you find a lot of answers to common questions, common questions, sorry, um, it's really great uh, to find opportunities to stay connected with us. So we really encourage people to sign up for our mailing list. We. We don't spam. I absolutely 100% <laughs> scouts on our promise that we don't do that um, and we don't share your information with anybody, all the all the castle, all the legislative requirements um, and we really only ever send out information that's pertinent to the development of the project. So if you want to know... Um, more about what's happening as it's happening, that's the best place to find that information. Um, we're pretty active on Facebook and Twitter as well, and where we try to share um, interesting things that are happening in terms of what's possible with the infrastructure, because it's just glass in the ground if we're not prepared mm-hmm. to do anything with it. Um, but uh, really the best place to find uh, our feasibility study which really talks about the sort of the origin story for SWIFT um, to find third party reviews. We've been um, reviewed by external experts in broadband infrastructure and broadband um, extension and adoption um, twice now. And both have com- confirmed that we're promoting a really ambitious, really sound model for doing this. So if you're looking at trying to understand our technical ins and outs and what experts have to say, that's a good place to find that information. Um, and if you're looking to express your support, um, we're still in a position now where um, support from the communities that we're, we're serving is really important. So if you have a story to tell about your life um, as it pertains to connectivity we'd love to hear from you and there's an opportunity to connect with us there and we could feature your story on the blog or through interviews and pieces there Um, or if you just want to write a letter of support to your local elected officials or to us um, there's templates and all the materials you need to do that.
1: That's great good information so what we will do is we will link your website and um, a whole bunch of other stuff your social media handles and everything else directly to the podcast so if you're looking for more information do, uh, do check out those links um, but I think, I think that wraps it up. I think that was a great conversation and Ashley, thank you so much for coming in and telling Thanks. us about SWIFT.
2: Thanks for having me. This is, uh, it's exciting days and we're, uh, really, really excited to serve communities like Soggy Shores. I think that, um, you guys present a really great example of what's possible in terms of, uh, growth in, in rural and, and smaller communities. We're excited. Yeah. So we're I think we we got lots of opportunities at play and we're looking forward to working with you guys. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ashley. Thanks.
1: Perfect. That was a lot of information, but... I think she explained it in a way that makes sense to most people. Does that make sense to it, you? It does
0: to me, and I just yeah, I wanted to thank uh, Ashley for coming in. But I, you know, I, what I also learned before we talked to her is that she's a listener to this podcast.
1: Oh, I know. She, and Good so, one.
0: You know, in terms of wrapping this show report, or the techno future report, <laughs> or I mean, I you have, said yesterday, what did I say? The
1: integrated speed. Fibor report.
0: Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> uh, so
1: so it's, it's getting a little silly yeah. with the show report, but that was a lot of information. Yes. And you know, I think it's it's good for, well, this is what the show reports doing, right? We're bringing people in like Ashley. We're talking about big things that are happening in the community. We're making sure that our residents and visitors are well aware of what the municipality's up to. And and this is exciting times, and this is a really big project. So,
0: And we want them to, to participate in this. So we yeah, encourage please. them to contact SWIFT, but also uh, you know, contact us and tell us about the SWIFT network or what they think about high-speed internet and what it means to them. That would be interesting just for me to hear that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So as always, let us know what you think about the podcast. If you have an idea, if you want to talk to us, you can shoot us an email at podcast at And in addition to that, uh, leave a comment on SoundCloud, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, iTunes. YouTube youtubes, uh, YouTube's. Gonna, write gonna, that one down we're gonna, we're gonna get that we gotta can to pull this part out of the podcast someone's gonna steal oh, that idea no. so subscribe <laughs> to us on iTunes um, and uh, and thanks for thanks for listening as always.